1: All right, welcome to the Sean Spicer Show. It is the last Monday of summer, if you can believe it. Yeah, summer's still going on, despite what the media tells you. I know that because my birthday's coming up and it's always the first day of fall. So that's how I got the internal clock going. Anyway... Uh, we have a big week, big guests coming your way. Dr. Sebastian Gorka is going to be here a little later. Later in the week, Jim Jordan, Steve Krakauer, the author of Fourth Watch, will be joining us. Scott Pressler, who's doing amazing stuff, getting people out to vote. He'll be here in a panel discussion later in the week, breaking down everything that's going on. But this weekend was interesting. President Trump joined Meet the Press. Kristen Welker kicked off her... Uh, term, I guess you can call it, as the new moderator of Meet the Press, but already a little controversy. She's getting hit from the left and the right because apparently booking Trump is how fascism is normalized. That's the hit from the left. Interesting, isn't it? But I'm also going to tell you about the hits from the right because there's a lot of people, myself included, that are a little disappointed that he actually normalized Meet the Press. I mean, he went out there and gave her, after Chuck Todd sort of banning anyone Trump-related from appearing on a show. She goes out here and kicks us off, right? That's where she's getting hit from the left. But she did something unbelievably interesting. I'm going to show it to you later and think that I've never seen in media before, which is how she is going to appease the far left in all of this. And I get it. That was the balancing act. And I think that she did it. And I think it was a mistake that Trump went on Meet the Press. But I will get to that in just a minute. Also, Talk of impeachment is heating up, this impeachment inquiry. Everyone is talking about it now. Big question, is there no evidence? That's what the media wants you to believe. No evidence, no evidence. Congresswoman Nancy Mace was on ABCs this week and schooled Biden spokesman slash ABC fill-in host Jonathan Karl, crushed him by bringing the receipts, as the kids like to say, plus Apparently, there was a deal on government spending. It's already falling apart in the House. There was a deal between the House mainstream partnership and the Freedom Caucus, but it literally took about three hours, and it's already apart. So big conversation on impeachment headed your way with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. A lot of additional things to break down. Let's get into it. All right. I want to walk you through what I found pretty unbelievable on Meet the Press. Okay. So I, I've never seen this before. And you've got to remember, if you ever watched Meet the Press the last several years, Chuck Todd would trend on Twitter after the show. The left hated him. They thought that he wasn't back to his roots enough. You know, Chuck was a Democratic operative. And so all the MSNBC types would call that Chuck be canceled because he didn't hit the Republicans hard enough. So. Kristen Welker, there was some question, you know, how is she going to handle this? A lot of people were, you know, wow, she actually is Trump on the first show. This show's maybe a turn that this is going to be a little bit more balanced, but nope. Um, I want to show you what I'm talking about because she would have Trump on and then she would go to break and this is how she would go to break. I was told by some people that these are sick lunatics that I'm dealing with. Give yourself a pardon. Your life will be a lot easier. I said, I would never give myself a pardon. Even if you were reelected, in this moment? Well, I think it's very unlikely. What, what did I do wrong? I didn't do anything wrong. Now, a little bit of context here on Mr. Trump's allegations he ordered troops in the days leading up to the January 6th attack. The Defense Department says the former president never gave a formal order to have 10,000 troops ready to be deployed to the Capitol. Of course, it's unreasonable to blame former Speaker Pelosi or lawmakers on Capitol Hill for what happened that day. Pelosi's office says the claim she turned down troops was, quote, completely made up. When we come back, former President Trump explains how he would handle calls from within the GOP for a federal ban on abortion. So you see what I'm talking about here. She has him on. He gives his answers. She, there's nothing that he didn't talk about. And yet then she would go to break and say, OK, let me fact check everything he said. Not in real time. She didn't stop and say I mean, she did a couple times push back on him. But I've never seen an interview where they break away and then kind of Well, here's all the things about abortion. I mean, first of all, she's wrong on abortion. Governor Ralph Northam of Virginia literally said, we wait for the baby to come out on the table and then we decide. That's a direct quote. It's on tape. There's no ambiguity about it. And here she is defending the Democrats. Oh, no, 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 no. Even though no Democrats will ever say a a month or a week like Kamala Harris last week, Trump was right. But she has to get in there and make sure she's factoring because it's got to all be about appeasing the left right? She wants to make sure that she can say, I get all these guests on. I'm not going to be like, shock. I'm going to let the Trump people on. But I'm going to make sure that all the folks on the left know that I got the memo, that I'm going to go after these guys, right? I got your talking points, folks. I'm not going to let him get away with this kind of stuff. And at one point, Trump lists off all of the stuff that Biden has lied about in the last week, literally saying, he said he was at ground zero on September 12th, right after the attacks. Not true. The White House isn't even denying that. He said that he drove a, a bus or a truck. That's not true. I mean, over and over again, he taught a course. the university. There's no record of him ever teaching the course. Over and over again. Those were called lies during the Trump administration, which he's got to get there and fact check. Really? Unbelievable. But this gets back to this idea of like, why is he doing this? Look, I want to be clear about something. I've seen President Trump, in fact, the first big post-campaign in 2016 issue that I got into it with him. is The New York Times wanted him to come over to the New York Times right after the election, right after he'd won in 2016. He's this, you know, he slays the dragon. He comes out of nowhere. The New York Times had said that there's no way the guy could win. It was like 20 95 to 5. And I said, Mr. President, I don't think this is a waste. And he got really upset. He said, I can do this. And I said, this isn't about you doing it. I know you can. I've watched you go through a million interviews. You can handle these guys. But it's about the credibility. Why are you letting the New York Times pretend like nothing happened? They were your enemy. They didn't want you. They said you all these things, and yet you go and you sit down with them. Same thing with Megan, with with Kristen Welker. Well, I get it, she's having him on there, but the way, this should have never happened taped. Happened on Thursday, but they wanted to put out that they were fact checking him before it came out. No way. A, I wouldn't have done it. B, it should have been live. He's unbelievable. I mean, same thing, though. He went out and he did Megyn Kelly earlier in the week. I mean, I I still don't get why. Because, you know, I, I get it. She is a very successful podcast out there. But it's not she's done him any favors. He doesn't need to do this. There are plenty of outlets. We're in a Republican primary. I've told you about this before. This is not, you're not trying, this is not a general election where you have to reach these new audiences. You don't need to do it. There's plenty of conservative audiences with massive audiences, with voters in Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina. You're up 60 points. You have not, these are high risk, low reward. Um, And the way that they're handling them, I just don't think it's worth his time. So, anyway. It wasn't just meet the press that was horrible. Uh, Biden spokesman slash third string fill-in host for this week, Jonathan Carl, um, He had Nancy Mason, the congresswoman from South Carolina. And over and over again, he keeps saying there's no evidence about Joe Biden. We're talking about a significant sum of money. We are talking about bribery. And in the Constitution, I mean, Article 2, Section 4, I mean, that is no, there, the basis there's for there's impeachment. There, there's no evidence of bribery. Uh, there, are I mean, the a, and, forum, there are witnesses. The 1023 form, there are, you and, know... And, and you've been there, investigating. I mean, you're, you're on the oversight. There you? is evidence. You I mean, can't say that there's no evidence there when there is evidence. And quite frankly... There's no
0: evidence it connected was the It was Biden. the
1: fourth estate. It was the media and journalists when Nixon was going down that helped do that investigation, helped bring down the president when uh, they when he broke the law and you know you guys want to deny that there's
0: evidence it's everywhere and all the right. bank records will prove it out
1: all right we will see no evidence that's the big talking point on the left and again they got the talking point we can tell everyone in the media everyone on the left it's almost like they're all reading off the same sheet he says no evidence, and Nancy makes literally goes you mean unless the phone calls the videos the SARS forms which is a suspicious activity reports that banks file to the federal government, not the other way around the bank's file and saying, hey, this looks a little shady, not the testimony from Devin Archer and others. All of the, those are all things called evidence. You may not believe it, it may not convict the person, that is evidence. And over and over again, they say there's no evidence. It is unbelievable that these guys, and, and remember, I lived through this. The Steele dossier, there was no evidence. I debunked it out of the gate. I said, oh, one of the big things is Michael Cohen's passport going to Prague. Here's his passport. He never left the country, couldn't have gone to Prague. Oh, well, we're still gonna pursue the Steele dossier because, you know, that's what we do. What? I mean, that's what we're dealing with. In the case of the Steele dossier that was financed by the DNC, they didn't care if there was evidence. They They suppressed it. You weren't allowed to talk about it online. It got you banned. They, the Twitter account for the New York Post got shut off. But in this case, where there's literally discussions, emails, bank accounts, video, and the president's own words saying, I was never involved. Well, here you are now showing, calling into business meetings. That's called evidence. Now, maybe it's not enough to convict them. Maybe it's not overwhelming or whatever. But you cannot say there's no evidence. That is, That's actually a false statement. But listen, I mean, John Carl over and over and over again. I don't know what, I mean, it is unbelievable to watch this kind of stuff happen. And then the show goes on, right? And he gets into the gun charge against Hunter Biden. A gun charge, by the way, which he's already pled guilty to. It's just the deal fell apart. And John and the Carl goes, well, no one, first of all, one of the panelists, uh, Sarah Isger says, well, you know, what about you guys? I mean, you've always complained about background checks, stricter gun control, and you're just dismissing this. And you know what, Jonathan Carl, by the way, his own network talks about the gun violence and the need for more laws, and they are all in on going after Second Amendment rights. They're in. And here's John Carl. Oh, no one ever gets charged with this. And she literally says, no, that's not true. It is unbelievable to watch this stuff happen. This is so contradictory to what ABC News and all Democrats believe, and yet it's Hunter Biden. And then he dismisses it he says, oh, but the only reason the gun was taken away was because they were trying to protect him. Protect him, they threw it in a trash can by a school. By a school. (laughs) I mean, if this was anybody else, these guys would be going nuts, but it's Hunter Biden, so let it go. And by the way, no one ever gets charged with this. Yes, they do. And it's amazing that you're downplaying it. What a hack. Um, all right. The other thing I want to give you guys is, you know, all this talk about 2024, that's a year away, but there are some big races. We've got a Kentucky governor's race. There's some legislative races, um, not some, the legislature's up in New Jersey. And in Virginia, the whole state house is up, the Senate and uh, the House of Delegates. Uh, this is a big deal, though, for Governor Glenn-, Glenn Youngkin, because Youngkin has had to deal with a Democratic um, uh, Senate. So he hasn't gotten a lot done, but if he can show that he's a big winner, this is what all of these big donors want to see is can he actually show that he's a political powerhouse and then they try to fund him? I mean, this is like the double, triple bank shot. But Yunkin, if he can win back the state Senate and keep the House of Delegates in Virginia, he's going to try to make the case that he's his political hero uh, and the big donors will come in and, you know, again, total, triple bank shot. But that's what's going on right now. There was a big, huge twist, though, because the House of Delegates is tenuously held by Republicans. There's one critical seat right outside of Richmond, though, that is unbelievable. There's this candidate, and she and her husband, during COVID, to make money, engaged in some, uh, let's just call them adult activities, where you could tip them to do things. Uh, apparently this didn't go over too well with Virginia Senator and former VP nominee, Tim Kaine. He's now distancing himself. Like, uh, I don't, I didn't know this. Uh, I'm not aware of that. It's, it is pretty funny though. You're watching Tim Kaine, uh, literally say that he has no, he doesn't know who this candidate is that he just stood next to, who is critical to Democrats winning back the House of Delegates in Virginia, because apparently, you know, she, uh, and her husband, well, Again, they were involved in some adult activities uh, on video that you could pay them to do additional things for. Uh, She's not dropping out. This will be one to watch on election night. Uh, And it's critical, as I said, to Republicans keeping the House of Delegates. Um, Also in political news this weekend, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxson had been impeached by the Republican House. Okay. The Republican House of Representatives, and he the it goes over to the Senate for acquittal and or conviction that would have taken him out of office. It was interesting the way it works in Texas is that once you get impeached by the House, you literally are no longer you don't you, they kind of put you on the on the disabled list or the DL or whatever you want to call it in sports, and so he then they you have an acting Attorney General until the Senate adjudicates it. And only two Republicans voted in favor of his impeachment. It was a big grassroots movement that came to his support, including President Trump, saying that this was nuts. So um, it, it, that, I think, just shows you how important the grassroots is in this movement. A lot of the establishment had left Ken Paxson for dead. Uh, the charges stemmed from using his office and some stuff during a, a, an alleged affair. And yet the grassroots movement around this country came to bat for ken paxton and the results speak for themselves so that just tells you a lot about where things are in the in the movement um that people who believe that people are fighting for them they'll defend them it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win Another interesting week, Um, we've got, as I said, we're careening towards this government shutdown. The federal government shuts down the end of the month, October 1st, new fiscal year. If there's no spending bills passed, shuts down. Um, And in that, you've got impeachment going on and then the fate of McCarthy as speaker all hanging in the balance. So there was this deal announced last night. That two critical factions of the House Republican Conference had come to an agreement on a bill to avoid a government shutdown for another month. This is going to be a 30 day short term deal because there are 12 bills that are needed to pass Congress and the president would sign them to keep the government funding. And they're all in the different sections. So you've got Homeland Security, national defense, uh, labor and health, et cetera, et cetera, right? They've only done one. So, uh, they got a lot to figure out. So you had this short-term 30-day, they call it a CR, continuing resolution, to get things going for another month. And you got the House Freedom Caucus and the House Main Street Partnership together. Um uh, one of the things that they put in um was this HR2. We talked about that with Congressman Key Self the other day. This is border protections thing. Um that even got in. So it was a lot of hopeful stuff and eight percent across the board. Um cut in domestic spending. That's a big deal. Um, It fell apart. Literally, you saw after the deal had been put together by Byron Donalds, who's no shrinking violet, uh, Scott Perry, the head of the Freedom Caucus, members started coming out of the woodwork. And remember, McCarthy has less than a handful to play with um, that said, no way, I'm I'm not on board. And so we're back to the drawing board. And I think this is going to be really interesting. One of the things, by the way, I mentioned, they put HR2 in, but they got rid of E-Verify. These are Republican groups negotiating on what they're going to do. And by the way, it's not going to get passed in the Senate. They had already kind of admit that. But I do have one question. I asked this to Congressman himself last week when he was standing, sitting here. What Republicans are against E-Verify? We need their names. I, I don't get this. Why do we not, What? how can you not, agree that hiring someone in this country, we should have to prove that they're actually a citizen. Because we all know you can hand out IDs and they can fudge it. I I just, that's a side note on this deal, but that was one of the things that was cut out, e-verify. And again, it's not even going anywhere. It was just a, we're going to pass it. And then the Senate would say no, and it would hopefully strengthen the hand. I mean, this bill, as I said, wasn't going to actually, it was just going to show the Senate where the house was because the Senate, has passed a bipartisan one, and guess what? It's expensive because they all got together, and they care about money. So, you know, this is this one wasn't going to move the needle anywhere. It was going to get passed over to the Senate. They would say no, and then it would start a negotiation. But the clock is ticking. I mean, the the we have until the end of the month, um, and so the one kicker is that included in that debt ceiling deal that got signed into law was a provision that said if all 12 appropriation bills are not passed by January 1st, 2025, a 1% across the board cut would occur. That's actually not a bad deal. Um, One other non-spending thing that I can't believe happened. Over in the Senate, if you've watched these videos of John Fetterman walking around, he looks like an ogre. I mean, the guy wears like T-shirts and gym shorts. And the Senate, Chuck Schumer, ended the dress code. It used to be that they were cute by half. So if you wanted to vote on the Senate floor, you could stand in the cloakroom off the floor and vote, you know, up or down. And that was their way. So if a member was coming in from their train or their plane and they hadn't changed, they were in casual clothes. But this guy's now walking around in like gym clothes and cut off shorts or whatever. Like grow up. You're a United States senator. I I just, what what is going on in the Democratic Party? One guy just flipped over, what, hundreds of years of, of decorum because he doesn't want to wear pants? What a bunch of feckless losers. I mean, you grow up, Chuck Schumer. Schumer's like, I will still wear a tie. Then be a leader. What a tool. I mean, talk about the tail wagging the dog. It is unbelievable. This is not a lot to ask for somebody. Hey, you're a US Senator, dress like an adult. Okay, round two, name something that's not boring.
0: Laundry? Ooh,
1: a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. One other big issue that continues to boil up the Democrats continue to grow very worried about Biden's age, and now they're chiding the media. They're saying, oh, Trump and Biden, they're about the same age. I mean, uh, you know. Well, we shouldn't, it's ageism. Cringe Jean-Pierre saying that 40 is the new 80 or 80 is the new 40. And then the press corps laughs. (laughs) That's so funny. Here's the problem. It doesn't get better. It's not your age. President Trump got asked that question this weekend. um, And he's right. It's not age. It's, you can be 50 and have cognitive decline. You can, you know, there's a lot of things that can afflict you physically and mentally as you get older that's unfortunate part of getting older i know that but this isn't ageism i watched an interview with michael bloomberg uh he was doing this post nine eleven thing the guy's sharp as a tack he's 81 i think i talk to you guys all the time about chuck norris he's 83 Guy looks like he's 40 this isn't an age issue it's a reality um of what's happening. And I think you're gonna hear it more and more because now they know that they can't do anything about it. By the way, the White House sent uh, news executives a memo on how to cover impeachment. I wanna read you a couple lines from this. This is from Ian Sams, the impeachment coordinator. One of the lines, it's time for the media to ramp up its scrutiny of House Republicans for opening an impeachment query based on lies. Hmm. Interesting, because didn't you guys impeach Trump based on lies? And he was out. Anyway, in the modern media environment where everyday liars and hucksters peddle disinformation and lies everywhere from Facebook to Fox process stories that fail to unpack the illegitimacy of the claims on which House Republicans are basing their actions only serve to generate confusion, put false premises in people's feeds and obscure the truth. Oh, that's interesting. Because you have Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff out there crapping all over this impeachment inquiry, forgetting their own role. On the second one, President Trump wasn't even in office. Schiff lied all the time about having the goods. He had all this evidence. Where was that? He still hasn't shown it. And yet he's the guy that these guys trot out? I mean, unbelievable. And yet they put out this memo and the media is like, got it, sorry. We got it. We'll keep talking about how these guys are illegitimate. By the way, speaking of Pelosi, I got a kick out of this. She got asked uh, by Anderson Cooper if Kamala Harris was the best person to be vice president. And you know what she said instead? She goes, well, he, Biden, thinks so. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, she's scapegoating this. She's not gonna answer the question, but she's right. Kamala Harris isn't the best person to be vice president. We all know that. But she was right for Biden because Biden said the only thing, two things he cared about when choosing a vice president, were their gender. He wanted a woman and the color of their skin because he was going to appoint a black woman. That's it. So from the jump, it was always about gender and the color of her skin. So Pelosi's actually right. <laughs> Crazy, huh? She she was the best for him. He thinks so. She's not the best. We all know that. Anyway, I'm excited to talk to you today uh, with my friend Seb Gorka we got a lot to get to. Seb and I served in the White House together. He hosts an amazing show on the Salem Radio Network called America First. Uh, Without further ado, Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Seb Gorka, welcome to the show. Always great to see you. Um, Listen, I want to ask you about, I want to start our conversation today with the indictment, the gun charge against Hunter Biden. Um, I said this earlier today. I was a little shocked to see these Democrats that love to bemoan gun violence and stricter gun control, stay absolutely silent when it comes to Hunter Biden lying on a gun form, a background check, having it thrown in a trash can near school, and yet they're all like, well, this isn't a big deal.
0: Right. I, I, you know, I really don't think we should waste too much time on this because A- um, uh, pointing out that hypocrisy is irrelevant. Uh, our buddy Dan Bongino says this all the time. It, it's irrelevant. It, it, they, they don't care about hypocrisy because whatever is justified for ma- the maintenance of power is is what they will do. It's uh, it's like Chris Plant says, um, the guy has the morning show, great show on WMAL. He said, if the left, if the Democrats didn't have Double standards, they wouldn't have any standards at all. So, the, you know, the, the reason that it's the gun charge, and everybody said this because it's so patently obvious, is because this is the only crime he committed that can't be linked to his father. Right. Everything else from Farah, everything else is connected to the Biden crime syndicate. So, you know, they, they painted themselves into a corner. The judge in Wilmington says, Excuse me? What is this deal? You 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 gave the defendant, and why why is this a universal pardon uh, for all future crimes? And I didn't get to see it, so she trashed it, not Judge Norica. So God bless her. And so they realized, well, we have we have to give him something. What can we give him that uh, has got nothing to do with Sleepy Creepy Joe? And that's why he gets the gun charge. But look, I don't do predictions because nobody ever gets checked. Nobody says, you know. Six months ago, Gorka, you said this, but I'll, I'll give you one now, and you can check me on it whenever you want. Uh, yeah. Hunter Biden uh, won't do uh, three minutes in jail. Oh uh, he, he's committed, you know multiple felon- felonies. He will not do a nanosecond in prison.
1: Yeah, I'll double down on that one too. Um, so but it all to your point, part of the reason that I think we're seeing the gun charges is the shiny nickel to stay away from things right. that would tie back to Biden. So let's talk about that. Um, I love the media continuing to say right now we've seen no evidence. We've seen no evidence. I've got this clip, <laughs> Nancy Mace on this week with John Carl, who was filling in after he was doing a week of being a Biden spokesman. Uh, he he says we haven't seen it, and she goes, "We've got phone calls, we've got bank records, we've got uh, SARS forms, we've got video," and he's just like, "Yeah, but we haven't seen anything yet." And I'm like, "If in any normal case, that's called evidence." Now. The right. reason that you investigate further is because you try to find that link. Where what would your advice be to House Republicans? Because the case has to link to Biden. We all get that. Yeah. Yeah. And right now, I would admit that that they have a pretty good or like we don't have the record to show the money in the president's account. So what what should House Republicans do if they want the American people to believe? That this is more than a political witch hunt?
0: So uh, first, I would have everybody on that committee, starting with Coma, watch uh, a four minute clip from the five last week, where um, I don't know if it was the liberal guest or somebody teed it up and said, there's no evidence, there's no evidence you're tying him. And God bless him. I used it on my radio show, America First, Jesse. And I, I think it was extemporaneous. I tried to watch his pupils to see whether he was reading the prompter. And I think it was actually off the cuff. He, he it was a smackdown. He just went boom, 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 all of the things that we have evidence for. Uh, and, and it was just, you know, watch Jesse's summation, number one. And then number two, I said this to a friend of mine. It, get serious. Get, you know, you're a communications guy. You, you, understood, you understand this. You know, you've stood at the podium. The last eight months has been an utter disaster. I mean, A, coma can't give a press conference, and B, your first press conference is, and we found a Romanian businessman who gave Hunter Biden $32.15. It's like, th- this is, the, you mean the guy who got $1.4 billion dollars from the National Bank of Communist China. I couldn't give a, a, a rat's ass about some R- Romanian dude gave you know, Hunter Biden some you know, pocket change for, for blow and horse. Uh, you know, th- th- this, this is a story that has to be communicated effectively. And I'd focus. You know what effective communication is about, Sean. You focus on simple things that are easy to digest. Right. So, so you have, you have a, a two-track approach, what I would say. The two-track approach is, is very simple. You use the inquiry and the impeachment to just deluge the system with facts, right? Because we don't have a DOJ. The FBI is the Gestapo. Nobody's gonna get prosecuted unless, you know, President Trump is back in the White House and we see some justice. So just get the information out there. So people, so the voters can see the information, just pump it, pump it, pump it. But at the strategic level, when you're doing presses, when you're doing interviews, just focus on two things. F- focus on really massive things. Number one, I'd say, why, why does the vice president, why does Joe Biden, get away with establishing multiple pseudonymous fake email accounts on government servers? What what what, what would happen to you, Sean, or me if if we'd gone to the IT department of the White House and said, "I need I need a couple of emails in uh, the name of." Um, john smith uh jimmy biggs and uh dr no give me three emails on government servers oh yeah sure sure sir we'll do that why is a vice president writing emails to ukrainian businessmen CCing his son when he's the vice president you know focus on stuff that everybody goes hang on you're only doing that if you're crooked you're only doing that if you're crooked And then the the, the top line, and I think Newt expressed this really well, that everybody seems to be missing. Of course, they're corrupt. We know they're corrupt. You you can't be on a senator's pay for 40 years and then a vice president and then be buying multiple mansions. It just, I'm sorry, we we know they're corrupt. But this isn't about the money. It's not about the cocaine, the money, the mansions, the the lack of paying your taxes. It's none of that. This is a national security risk. You know, how many SF-86s have you filled out? My, my SF-86, because I was born in another country. That's a this security is the, clearance. The security clearance form you have to fill out before you're investigated to get the clearance. Because I was born in a foreign country, because I have relatives, my SF-86 is more than 80 pages long, right? Because you have to list, you know, who do you know who lives outside America? Do you have relatives who aren't Americans? Blah, 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 blah. If, if, if I had had anybody who had half the contact with foreign nationals like Hunter Biden did, I, I wouldn't have been allowed to step into the White House, let alone get the top secret clearance that I still have. It would not have happened. The idea that this individual has received money for his family from Russia, from China, from Ukraine, from Kazakhstan, and his father is 30 feet from the nuclear football, That's the real issue here. It's a national security issue.
1: But but here's, and this is where, I I agree with what you're saying in terms of how to build the case. But don't you think at some point to get the average American, right? You've got three groups, people that love Republicans and everything they're doing. You've got the people who love Joe Biden and the Democratic Party. I mean, the people who vote for Fetterman, uh, who don't really care. They just, yes, 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 sheep. And then you got people in the middle, and I think we have a shot at the people in the middle to say there is a case here. but to your point, do you are you I just want to be clear on on the strategy that you're making that at the end of the day, there needs to be some direct correlation, and I'm not putting words in your mouth, I'm asking you yeah between yeah, yeah. between here is a bank account or an email from Joe because everything we have now is Hunter saying, I'll let my dad know." Um, I'm going to give it to the big man. And you have this testimony from people like Devin Archer that said, yeah, he was in the room, but that, that's all, as they would say on law and order, circumstantial, that just doesn't prove that he was complicit in it. Is it your belief that there needs to be a direct correlation or action that is shown that says, here's a bank account with money in it. Here is a response email that Joe says, great, I'll give him a call or I'll fire the prosecutor.
0: No. no. No, because people go to prison on circumstantial evidence. A fingerprint is actually circumstantial evidence. It doesn't mean you actually you know, use the knife, but your fingerprint is on the knife. So no, absolutely not. So, so let's be clear. Does anybody really think, look, if Sean Spicer were an evil SOB and he wanted to you know, milk the communist Chinese, we know he's not. That's why I'm on his show. But if you wanted to milk the communist Chinese, dodgy Ukrainian companies, Kazakhs, Romanians, you name it, would, would, Sean Sp- would there be a, a fax somewhere signed by Sean saying, make sure you send me the Chinese government's money to this account, signed Spicer? I mean, do we, do we really expect there to be an email where Joe says? Yes, I love you, Xi Jinping. Make sure you wire the money by five o'clock today. I mean, he's not smart, but is no, he? No, that no, but stupid? don't you? But we
1: could see the money in the account.
0: No, but we know the money's in the account. I mean, when you've got when you've got more than one hundred and fifty suspicious activity reports from FinCEN, you know the the, the financial, financial intelligence center, right? I mean, ha, ha, what, what average American? Has, has more than 100, just, you know, the bank does that. The FBI doesn't do that. The bank sees you do something really suspicious. And after 9-11, they are obliged to tell the U.S. government, you know, we don't know about this wire. This is a little dodgy. And it can be something, you know, uh, innocuous. Your, your, your uncle, your rich uncle in Canada died, and you inherited some money, and somebody wires you 100 grand from another country. But when it's 157 times, that's the evidence. It's, it's not, you know, we're not gonna see a line in a bank statement, you know, for Joe Biden's bank account, money from communist China. That's not <laughs> what we're gonna see. So we, we need to have some, you know, we need to live in maybe, the real world.
1: Maybe like if he venmo it, you'd have to put like a, 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 a some kind of emoji that corresponded to that. Yeah, um, a little
0: Chinese flag, right.
1: <laughs> exactly, um, listen. Before we go, I want to ask you one other question that I think I'll I, I think I'll be interested in your opinion. When President Trump did the inaugural Kristen Welker Meet the Press episode yeah. this weekend, I got a lot of texts that said, why does he do this? Why? And, and, and I get it. First of all, he can do anything. Like interview-wise, he could go to yeah. The View and kill it. I get it. This isn't about capability of doing the interview, which is where I think a lot of people want to go and say, but he can do it. I get it. I actually come at this from, why are you giving someone like Meet the Press or Kristen Welker credibility? That yeah. he is offering them credibility. He'd be going on your show, this show, uh, Dan Bongino's show, The I mean, there's a million places that he could be going and helping, and yet I, I do agree that it is not helpful to the cause, when he's going out and letting someone like a Kristen Welker make a mockery of, of what he's saying, and they stopped him, they did a round table where they talked about you know, his lies, and, his, and it was just like, they don't do that to Joe Biden. And yeah. so from a Seb Gorka, if you were advising him now, and he said, Christian Welker wants me to come on, meet the press, or George Stephanopoulos wants me to go on this week. My answer would be, I know you can do it,
0: you'll crush it, but I don't think that this is worthy of you. I need material for my, my radio show today, and I'm going to ask you, I mean, excuse me, I was the national security guy in the White House. Yeah, you guys threw me in to do the, the you know, the, the defense of the travel moratorium ban the first weekend, and I, I loved it because, you know, people today still talk. I, I go to a, I just got back from two events in New York yesterday. People still walk up to me and they say, oh, my gosh. When you crushed Chris Cuomo, when <laughs> you made a mockery of Anderson Cooper, saying factually that more people watch reruns of Scooby Doo on the Cartoon Network than watch CNN, people—that was six six years ago, Sean—and people still talk about that. So I know. my my philosophy is this, um, and you, uh, you know me—I had a very strange reputation in the White House. Because I refuse to talk to the legacy media on record, off record, on background, uh, with what I I would only go on a legacy media for one purpose and one purpose alone, to make them look like lying bastards that they are. That's the only reason. I I went there to humiliate and crush them. Um, That's my philosophy, right? Right. Now, you tell me why the president sits down in the back of the beast with George Stephanopoulos who, who was, you know, the press flunky for, for Clinton in the Clinton White House. Right. Um, yeah, I, I love it when he comes on my show. I've got a request to go down there to Mar-a-Lago to film him in, in situ. Uh, and and my, my advice to the president would be only, only do these things, um, only talk to friendly media and uh, inimical media if you are there to crush the inimical media. I mean, the CNN town hall was glorious. Glorious, that that woman's career will always be marked with the mark of Cain because she's a cretin and she wasn't a journalist and he ate her alive. When, right. he, when he said, and you're a nasty woman, that that will be for indelibly <laughs> burnt on her forehead as a quote unquote journalist. And the other thing that she looks a little bit like Dylan Mulvaney, which is creeps me out. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so you tell me, you were his press secretary. What, what uh, do you know? Uh, I, I, I support the man. Uh, you know, he sent a message to me last week about you know how how we're going to do amazing things in the next administration. You know, God willing, if if America does does the right thing. But what's your philosophy? Do you agree with my philosophy?
1: I do. I just don't think that it's worth giving them, I mean, they, they, they made a mockery of the interview. They, they, she, you know, we talked about this, but she gets out of every break by saying, I want to now fact check him again. They give Joe Biden, that, that guy tweeted out at this weekend, they call like his misstatements, exaggerations or something I mean, like the guy, he, Trump sat there and enumerated the lies that Biden had said this week right. in terms of being at the world trade center. He drove a truck and, da, da, da. and she's like, well, this is about you. And I'm going, why are you giving her credibility? So again, this is not about whether he can handle it or not. I thought he did fine, but it's about whether you're helping them.
0: Yes. And I, I, although although I will say it's delicious that the left is now calling for a boycott of CBS because they interviewed him. Good. Anyway.
1: All right. Always a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for uh, all your support and I look forward to seeing you
0: soon. Yeah, let's get you on my show really soon, Sean. Sure. Done.
1: All right, Seb never disappoints, does he? He brought it big. Um, obviously, a lot to keep up with this week. What's going on in this spending? Because that spending deal, as I mentioned, fell apart. Impeachment, Kevin McCarthy's fate, um, the Hunter Biden gun charges, a lot to to fall. Um, one of the things that I want to break down for you, and I think I'll be ready to do this on Monday because there's some there's some math involved. The media narratives, Trump can't win. Even the never Trumpers and some of the folks saying Trump can't win. Whether you like him or not, I'm going to break it down for you. I will show you the path to 270. And that's just the path to 270. Because the polls show very clearly that this is going to be a tight race. No matter who it is. I will show that to you. So give me some time, maybe next week, maybe next Monday. But I will literally go state by state and show you how this works. Because we've got a debate coming up next week. Maybe that comes up as well. But the reality is, is that he can't. Tomorrow on the show, Jim Jordan's going to be here. We'll have a further discussion about this imp- impeachment inquiry. The no evidence, as the folks uh, like to say. So thanks for watching. Thanks for kicking off your week with us. Please, please remember to subscribe on YouTube and Rumble. Go to Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify if you get your stuff there. And just hit that subscribe button so that you always get it. And uh, it helps us be great. Anyway, have a great rest of the day. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on The Sean Spicer Show. Well, if you enjoyed this content, make sure you click the link below to find out more, or you can go to seanspicershow.com to stay up to date on all my content. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office.